Welcome to this Pure Voice activity on neurofibromatosis. This activity comprises two presentations featuring Drs. Eric Legis and Valerie LaRouche. At any time during this presentation, you may download supporting materials and share this activity with colleagues. Plexiform neurofibromas are a major source of morbidity in children with NF1, and it causes disfigurement, pain, and functional limitations. Most plexiform neurofibromas are inoperable, but recently new oral treatment options with MEK inhibitors became available. Recent recommendations issued by the European reference network Genturis stated that if part of a standard national care, MEK inhibitors may be considered as a treatment option for symptomatic plexiform neurofibroma and inoperable symptomatic plexiform neurofibromas. This shows a summary of several recent trials over the past couple of years with a series of different MEK inhibitors. All of these MEK inhibitors, both in children and in adults, showed a benefit. And in some series, 70% of individuals treated with a MEK inhibitor showed a partial response, meaning that the volume of the plexiform neurofibroma decreased at least 20%. One of these drugs was silumetinib, and this is currently the only Health Canada-approved treatment patients aged two years or more with NF1 who have symptomatic inoperable plexiform neurofibroma. Longer-term data were recently published with this agent. This slide summarizes two trials, a phase one and a phase two trial, where in total 74 children were treated, all were between 2 and 18 years old, and all had plexiform neurofibromas that were symptomatic. About two-thirds of children respond according to the criteria of decreasing volume of 20% or more to therapy with a MEK inhibitor. As you can see, the initial response to the drug is somewhat higher than the final response that was measured after sometimes four or five years of starting the treatment, but only very few ended up with a volume that was higher than at baseline. This summarizes everything that happened during treatment through the phase two trial. Some stopped treatment because of disease progression, but only in two individuals, there was an initial partial response, decrease in volume of 20% or more, where afterwards at a regular dose, the children became resistant to treatment with a mechanipter. But and a total of 74 individuals, two that developed resistance over time, is a very small percentage. A data cutoff, which is in many of the children longer than five years, more than 50% of the children who initiated treatment are still on treatment and have a durable response based on pain intensity scores, quality of life, improvement of function, but also improvement of disfigurement and shrinkage of the tumor, which is a very important phenomenon. Patient reported outcome measures certainly decreased. There are a number of children who experience pain in or in the region of the plexiform neurofibroma, and treatment with MEK inhibitors in many of them is successful in decreasing the pain intensity and the pain interference score in a durable way. This happens early on after three to four cycles of treatment, which is much earlier than the response of the tumor volume. So there is no good correlation between tumor location, tumor volume, and the response to therapy. 
but there is a good decrease in pain intensity irrespective of the location of the tumor and the response to volume. Adverse events were seen in virtually every participant at least once, but mostly they were grade one or two and only a small number had grade four adverse events. It is important to note that adverse events can show up sometimes after several years of treatment without previous adverse events, and so an ongoing monitoring for adverse events is needed. The future might bring more options for these patients. This is a Canadian study with trametinib, another MEK inhibitor, and it includes patients with a plexiform neurofibroma. 28 patients completed the study of 18 cycles. Here you can see the waterfall plot of the 45 patients that entered the study with their best response observed during treatment. As you can see, 60% of individuals showed a decrease in volume of 20% or more, which is very comparable to what we have seen in the previous studies with silumetinib. About 10% of the enrolled children discontinued treatment due to adverse events, which is also very similar to the SPRINT trial. The future might not bring only more options for these patients who have a symptomatic plexiform neurofibroma, but also it might increase the possibility to treat a broader group of patients with plexiform neurofibromas, such as those who are at risk of morbidity. But this is from stratum 2 of the phase 2 trial, of the SPRINT trial, where children with NF1 were asymptomatic had inoperable plexiform neurofibromas, but were at risk of morbidity because of a growing inoperable plexiform neurofibroma. As you can see here, the type of potential plexiform neurofibroma-related morbidities are in the motor disfigurement pain sensory deficit region, also bowel bladder potential disturbances, airway obstruction, and so on, was eminent in these children. 72% of subjects experienced a confirmed partial response on silumetinib. As you can see, even if they did not have serious morbidity, they still responded very well to treatment. So in the future, it might be possible to not wait for events to come, but to start treating these children to reduce eventual disfigurement and all the other types of morbidity. It is known that in children, these plexiform neurofibromas grow faster than in adults. So if one can cover this period of fast growing plexiform neurofibromas and contain them, then many potential problems in the future can be prevented by treating children in the period of life when these tumors grow most. So plexiform neurofibromas respond to treatment, but it is a gradual response, meaning that if there is a very eminent threat to the health of a child and you need an immediate action that might take too long to start up a MEK inhibitor and to wait for any effect to be therapeutic. So most studies have been treating 
for two years or more. And plexiform neurofibromic growth often resumes after treatment is suspended. It is important to note here that in the SPRINT study, nodular plexiform neurofibromas did not respond as well as the typical plexiform neurofibromas. And only one out of five nodular plexiform neurofibromas responded to the treatment with selumetinib. It's also important to monitor these nodular plexiform neurofibromas over time because they are known to have a higher risk of transforming into a malignancy, the typical plexiform neurofibroma. MAC inhibitors are overall well tolerated and regular screening and management of toxicities is possible. If there are clinically significant toxicities, one can stop treatment and restart the lower dose once the toxicity improves. Long-term safety is still being evaluated but seems to be low. To summarize, plexiform neurofibromas are a major cause of morbidity in children and adults with NF1. Moreover, most plexiform neurofibromas are inoperable. However, 60 to 70% of children show a partial response to therapy with MAC inhibitor and this response is durable over many years. Treatment with the MAC inhibitor also improves pain intensity and pain interference as well as quality of life. There is also decent improvement in motor and other functional deficits. These products will be used more and more in the future and less and less surgery will be necessary. These products can also be used in the future for children who do not have symptoms at the start of therapy, but where symptoms are expected to be very close in the future. Resistance after initial partial response is rare. Adverse effects are very frequent, but usually minor and can be managed in 90% of children. Ongoing monitoring of adverse events is recommended. In the previous presentation, we saw the latest data with MEC inhibitors, including five-year data with a currently approved agent, selumetinib. As we gain more experience with these agents and our treatment options expand, it will be important to continue to refine our care strategies based on the latest evidence. In this presentation, we will look at how recent data may impact our management decisions for our patients with NF1-associated plexiform neurofibromas. When the patient has a symptomatic PN or a PN that may potentially compromise an organ, a consultation with a dedicated NF1 specialist should be done. Based on tumor location, a specific pediatric surgeon should be involved in the care of the patient. All complex cases should be discussed within a multidisciplinary team consultation. In general, surgery remains the treatment of choice for PN. Surgery may improve quality of life, pain, functional deficits, spinal cord compressions, or even airway obstruction and disfigurement. But surgery could be associated with possible complications. Death of neurofibroma infiltrations may be a challenge, 
also tendency of increased bleeding due to hypervascularization and risk of hematoma can occur. And surgery could cause nerve damage. In general, only 15% of surgeries achieve complete excision of the tumor. 43% of those who undergo partial or subtotal resection have PN regrowth. PNs are associated with postoperative risk of recurrence, such as in patients younger than 10 years of age. For patients who are inoperable, we have the option to use systemic therapy with a MEK inhibitor. Although several MEK inhibitors are in ongoing trials, such as binimetinib, mirdamitinib, and tramitinib, for now, only selimitinib has been approved by Health Canada. Let's take a look at which patients we should consider for a MEK inhibitor. The eligibility criteria of SPINT trial were children from 2 years old up to 18 years of age, having NF1 syndrome, able to swallow intact capsules, and suffering from inoperable symptomatic PM. As with any therapy, potential medication effectiveness, side effects, and treatment monitoring should be discussed in detail with families. We may give a general information sheet to parents that cover different topics on the treatment as well as medication journal to optimize compliance. What is the experience on SPRINT trial? The overall confirmed partial response rate is 70%. The definition of a partial response is a reduction of tumor volume of 20% and more. The median time of initial partial response was 8 months. This is an important factor to know about the general outcome of patients on the treatment. Response rates were generally sustained with approximately 60% lasting 12 cycles and more. Let's see here the natural history of PN in a cohort of patients who did not undergo therapy. The most recent data, including part 2 of SPRINT trial, show a median progressive free survival of 6.7 years that is significantly longer than the 1.3 years for the age-match natural history cohort. Patients and family report some level of pain improvement at one year of treatment. Tumor pain intensity and pain interference showed durable improvement from baseline to 48 cycles, so approximately four years of treatment. Most patients had some degree of improvement in function as well. How long should you treat? An update from SPRINT trial published in May this year confirmed that the median duration of treatment for participants in phase 1 and 2 was 57.5 cycles, about 4.5 years of treatment. Most patients showed clinical and radiological response within one year. As previously discussed, the PN volume was reduced for a majority of patients. Clinical improvement and response were sustained for a prolonged period during selimitinib therapy as well. However, the appropriate duration of MEK inhibitor therapy needs further investigation. What are the factors to be considered for the duration of therapy? Younger age seems to demonstrate a greater risk of PN progression after the end of treatment, those less than 10 years of age particularly. 
other factors have to be questioned, such as is there a risk of complication if further tumor progression occurs at this location? Do we think that the best tumoral response has already been achieved? A long-term follow-up trial is ongoing to better know about the status of response after years on treatment. At five-year follow-up from sprint trial, no new safety signals were identified. However, some patients developed known selimitinib-related adverse events for the first time after several years of treatment. Some participants required dose reduction and approximately 10% of patients were removed from treatment due to toxicities. Almost all participants experienced at least one selimitinib-related toxicity, such as acneiform rash, more often seen in the teenager group than in the younger ones, and gastrointestinal toxicities. Here are some preventive strategies for skin toxicities that are explained to families at the beginning of the therapy. For example, we will like that the patient has moisturized cream done twice daily. Dermatologists advise colossal help along the way of this therapy. Clinical trial protocol and product monograph help for which side effects to monitor and dose modifications to use if toxicities occur. We are used to seeing asymptomatic creatinine phosphokinase elevation during treatment as an example. We see the patient once a month in the beginning of the therapy. Ophthalmologic evaluation is important at baseline and then every 6 to 12 months. Echocardiogram is important also at baseline then every three to six months, and lab evaluation is done when patient is coming at the visit. In summary, selimitinib has been approved for symptomatic inoperable PN in children. The majority of patients had good clinical and radiological response to therapy. Other types of MEK inhibitors are being evaluated under ongoing clinical trials. For now, no comparative randomized clinical study for different MEK inhibitors for PN exists. MEK inhibitor therapy is, in general, well tolerated with regular follow-up and supportive care, but sometimes suspensions and dose reduction are required if significant toxicity occurs. Adverse events are reversible at the cessation of medication. A long-term follow-up trial is ongoing to better know about potential late side effects and the status of response after years on treatment. This has been an activity published by Peer Voice.